Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the 22nd Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, Teach Better teammate, the COO and co-founder of Teach Better, the rested and rejuvenated Jeff Gargas. 22 seems high. <laughs> did you double check your, your count on that? That I seems did. higher than it's supposed to be. I did my homework this week. <laughs> I made 22. Sure. Not only are we on the 22nd episode, and this kind of floored me, we we started the first episode February of 2020. So we've been going for almost a year and well, a year and a half now. Yeah. August will be a year and a half, huh? Wow, I didn't realize. It's been a while, man. Wow. We started because we started this pre-COVID. Oh, yeah. What's up, coronavirus? We've been around longer. <laughs> We we're right after the Teach Better conference, man. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, you're right. It was because, yep, because you you had. I remember because you had a bunch of bonus episodes from doing the interviews there, and you liked the idea of doing extra episodes. So you're like, hey, I want to try this mailbag thing. And I roped you in. And here we are. Here we are, 22 in. Crazy. Have you well, at least gotten a break, my man, over the summer? No, I don't do. I mean, I went on vacation in June, but like. I don't really do a break on that. I, yeah, but like I went on vacation on June about three days in. I'm like, all right, I want to get home. I got to go home. Can we go home now? I think we can go home now. now. I think I'm done with Florida. I, I, I was okay. I was, eight. we had a great time. Good. Yeah, I'm always rested and rejuvenated. I don't actually do much work. So, well, that's how you got the team. That's what I have Ray for to do all the work. When you have a Ray, I mean, you really, and I, yeah, if I can give anyone a, a piece of advice, my one piece of advice would be find yourself a Ray Hewer. If you can do that, life is pretty easy. Okay, easy is not the right word. We'll figure. We'll come back to that later. We'll ask me again. Ask time. me again in a couple of days. That's a whole episode in itself, probably. <laughs> that that's, that that's a whole season in itself. Oh man. All right, man. What are we here for? Question. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who may not have listened to the show before, make sure you go back to the first episode. It'll make so much more sense. But we reached out to you, the listeners, to ask for leadership questions via Twitter, Instagram, and Boxer. And in past episodes, we've answered anywhere between three and five leadership questions. And since we don't have a guest this week, Jeff, I think we'll answer about four questions this week. I'm down with four. Mm-hmm. If you get long-winded, I might have to cut one. Well, Ed, then you're probably going to have to cut one. Let's be real here. I mean, <laughs> right. we'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see what happens. happens. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> but we got some great questions from some of the Teach Better ambassadors. Ooh, nice. Um, some folks from the Teach Better podcast network so i'm pretty excited about these i'm going to start with michelle papa she is starting the new year as a brand new principal i don't know if you heard that i did which which just again though congratulations michelle that's super awesome so excited for you so she has a question here about the beginning of the school year and there's kind of a thread with these questions i think everyone's kind of in the same mindset as we begin the school year. So her mm-hmm. question is, what is the best way to support new staff on your campus at the beginning of the school year, especially since you have a vast difference of educational experience? So what are some specific actions that a new principal can do to support the new staff without overwhelming them? Mm. I'm going to let you get into specifics, I think. Yeah. For me, the first thing that pops in my head is listen. Have conversations with them and listen. I think when, especially when you're the new, regardless of whether your staff is new, young, veteran, whatever, when you're coming in new in a leadership position, I think a lot of times, I think, and I think we're told to do this, you you're just come in and shake things up, come in and lay down how you're going to do things. But the reality is you're coming into a culture that's already been built without you, whether it's good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. It's been built without you. And you don't know those people yet. So you don't know how you're going to lead them, how you're going to 
um, how your your leadership is going to influence their decisions or their emotions. So you need to listen and have conversations and actually listen and gather that information so that you can one show them that you care, and then two learn like what is it going to take to to make the changes that you believe are the right changes and and stuff. So I think listen is a big piece. I think another piece specific to I mean this is all years but really specific to this year and um, actually just wrapped up uh, brain break earlier today with with Katie Miglin. And one of the things we said at the end, we're talking about this is I hope that we all, I was talking about teachers doing this for themselves, but I think admins for themselves, but also, I'm sorry, leaders for themselves, but also leaders for the staff that they lead uh, is to remember all the grace that we gave ourselves, our students, our staff, our community last year. When at the beginning of the year, we're like, it was all, that was, that was, it was everywhere, right? It was everything like, Hey, what should we just give them grace, give them grace, give yourself grace. My worry is that too many people right now are like, Oh, we're going back to to normal and back into it. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure of, well, I'm going back to normal. I know how to, I should know how to do this. I should know how to be here. My kids should know this. I should be back to being better than I was last year. And I think it's gonna be really important because yeah, it is normal, but it's kind of normal with quotes. Let's be real, right? And we've had a year of not normal and that's all carrying over. And I think more importantly, like this job was really freaking hard long before COVID came around, right? We should have been given this grace long before that. So I think uh, a, another really good thing outside of listening is give them the grace that that they should get and same grace you gave them last year in the sense of like, we're coming back. This is like a new world now again. They're going to relearn a lot of stuff. Katie was talking about like, she has to like, she's like relearning classroom management because it was different. And so I think listening to your staff, giving them the grace to get back in and relearn and get into what's still going to be a very, very challenging year because this is a very, very challenging job. So that's my two thoughts. I think you're spot on. I, I am looking at your question and, and the word overwhelming is like bursting off the page because when you're in a new district, in a new school, regardless of how many years you're in the position, it is overwhelming because every district and every school is vastly different. As a leader, you just can't assume that everybody knows everything, and it, you are going to have to go over very basic things and procedures and state regulations and whatnot, curriculum, because what you deem as normal on that campus is different than what they're used to. I think it, it is a kind of a normal playing field for everybody everyone's at the same point at the beginning of the school year and then as the year goes on you can kind of differentiate just like you would with your students you know it's no different than your staff if someone is an expert in the technology software that you use then obviously they don't need to be in that training <laughs> there's there's got to be a way to you know have an expert section and, and a beginner section or split those up into two different courses right or pd sessions so i think you want to meet them where they are at, but at the very beginning of the year, you just got to assume that everything is brand new to them and you're going to have to go through all of the specifics. So the other piece that I've been thinking about on our own campus is our new staff has all these questions and they have all the support at the, the beginning of the school year. And then the school year begins and then we kind of push away from the table and just assume that they know everything at that point. And really what I want to build this year for our new staff is to, you know, do some check-ins and some opportunities for them to come and ask additional questions and get clarification. And, you know, our way on campus 
is different and we got to make sure that they know and feel comfortable enough to ask those questions and have a, a place for that a safe place so we're really trying to determine like what that program is going to look like throughout the school year for our new staff that it's not just like a one-stop shop at the beginning of the school year and then hey you're on your own yeah and i think that's i mean you're speaking to like that's how we how we at the teach better team view our our professional development and our work with districts is we know we want to do one stop just a you know one-off uh workshop or whatever it might be even if it's a very intensive very productive very efficient workshop we want to be in that district all year long to support them um and and sort of the way i always say is that you know they might be excited pumped up and ready to rock and roll after that meeting after that training after that that team hoorah whatever it is right but at some point in the probably very near future they're going to hit get hit with the five million things that come at teachers every single day and if they turn around and you can't be, and you're not there, they're going to go back to what they can do because they got to survive. Yeah. So the more you can be there, like check-ins and stuff like that, I think the more you can do that. And I love when I hear principals, assistant principals, admins, any kind of admin talking about getting in classrooms constantly. I think that's the more you can do that, the better. Yeah, that's, that's their safe haven, right? I mean, if you're going to get any questions and real conversations, that's where it's going to happen. Yeah, that's where you do that listening too. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you're going to get it. So that's always the most beneficial action any leader can do on a, on a campus, which kind of goes into what Alex is asking. So Alex Valencic also asked about the beginning of school year. So his question was, it seems teachers always want time to work in their rooms the first day back while their admin wants to hold meetings. Is there a way to balance these two worlds? Yeah, let them work in the class. <laughs> um, that's... <laughs> That's my gut reaction. I think the balance is to, is to, I mean, I would definitely let them lead it more, but then I would assess and take a really, really good hard look and critical look at what meetings and why yeah. you, you want to have, you just want to have meetings because they're supposed to have meetings. That's a really bad reason to have meetings. Yep. If you really need to have the group together, that's one thing. But I think looking at one, does everybody need to be there or do specific people need to be there? And two, does it have to be 30 minutes or can it be 10? You know, you know, I think, I think I've, I've probably brought him up millions of times in here, but Gary Vaynerchuk, yep. one of the things he talked about, it was just uh, one of my masterminds that I ran uh, that I run. We, one of the, we do a podcast review every week and one was just having me one of his. And it's one where he's talking about like he, that he truly believes in the seven minute meeting. And one of the ways that he's so efficient is that he's, he works really hard to take any 30 minute meeting and see if they can make it into a seven minute meeting. Because when you do that, you get really, really focused on what needs to happen. So might not be able to do a seven minute meeting, but instead of a, a 60 minute meeting, can you do a 30 minute? And instead of a 30 minute, can you do a 15? And instead of having all of your staff, can do you really just need to talk to 10 or 30 or 20, depending on your staff, right? Really assess like this. Everybody need to be here at every one of these meetings. And do they really need to be as long as they need to be? Because if my staff is saying that they want to be in their rooms, give them more time in their rooms, like, and then fit your meetings in as you can. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, that's, that's much easier said than done. Cause you have to talk to your staff. You have to assess obviously what needs you have. There's housekeeping things that have to be done, but what things can be done in emails, yep. what things can be done. And, you know, videos sent out, whatever, like really take a look at why are you holding the meetings and do they absolutely have to happen? Does everybody need to be there? Can you make them short? And then all of that to give them more time in their classroom. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you um, want to decompress the stress of your campus at the beginning of the school year, give your teachers time. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's the easiest thing possible. 
you're right, Jeff. I mean, there are things mandated from the district of these are the compliance trains and fill in the blank. Sure. Has yep. To be done. So, you know, those are your top priority that you, you knock them out. Right. But then for us, you know, as the years have gone and especially last year, we we're like cutting left and right. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we be more efficient? How can we be more effective? Because obviously our teachers are way overwhelmed. So how can we give them that time back? to kind of decompress. And so we try to have that same mindset this this beginning of school years as we're going through our PD sessions for um, our returning staff of, okay, when can we do this at another time? Does it have to be at the beginning of the school year or mm-hmm. a month later? Is it something that has to be done right this moment? And you'll be surprised at how many things can be moved to you know the first staff meeting of the school year, which is a month later, versus you know pushing all, all your staff into one room going through a training that's extremely long where they're just sweating saying, when do I get a chance to actually get into my classroom and get ready for the students? And I'd say to add on to all that is to remember that your teachers want time to work on the classrooms outside of the start of the school year too. Yep. They always want that. So take the assessment what you need to, obviously like Josh, like you mentioned, like there's certain things that are mandatory. You just, you're going to have to do them. You got to get through them, get through them as good, as quick as you can, as painful as you can, as efficiently as you can. But all the other stuff, assess whether you need to have those things. And if you were planning on having a two-hour staff meeting and you don't, and you realize you don't need to have a meeting, tell them to work in the classroom for two hours. And go and, and, and instead for that two hours, bounce around your school, popping into rooms and seeing if you could help hang something up, see if you could help glue some stuff together, see if you can just answer a question, listen to someone vent, um, and get in there. That's gonna be way more effective than any meeting you ever have. Couldn't agree more. All right, you ready for question number three? Let's do it. All right, this is from our good friends Shay and Pav up in Canada. Hey. (laughs) All right, so they've got, we often hear that leadership isn't about having all the answers, but how important is it that a leader be knowledgeable and responsive to methodology, pedagogy, and what's new and current in education? That is relative to who you're working with, um, I think is really the key. So to some people, that's going to be really important. To other people, it's not. I think more important than that is your willingness, your transparency, your humbleness, humility to admit when and seek the answers of when you don't understand. Like it's, you should absolutely be knowledgeable, as knowledgeable as you can be. But more important than that is when you're not, it's okay to admit it and go find it. Um, I think that's 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 crucial. I do think of all those things, in my opinion. The what's new in education is probably the most important piece, not so that you can do the coolest, latest little fluffy thing or whatever, but that so you can pay attention. You're constantly learning and seeing what are the other things that are going on out there and how can my staff use things if, if it looks like something that might be worthy. But again, I think the most important part is the willingness to learn and to admit when you don't necessarily know it, lean on the awesome people you have in your building too. So, but again, I think the importance of really comes like you asked, 10 teachers, you're probably going to get put it down the middle of very important and, eh, you know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. Like flipping to you, Josh, I mean, what do you, how have you experienced that? Is that something you feel like you get challenged a lot on as a, as an MP or no? Well, I think you were spot on with the, the idea of like, it depends on who you're speaking with, like, you know, an upper admin, I think everyone has their own idea of what a building administrator should be, you know, and, and they each have like their own values and ideas philosophies of what that is and so you know when you're in an interview sometimes they want to hear that you don't know everything and that you're willing to learn 
And then mm-hmm. there's other folks that are like, you need to be knowledgeable about, about everything. So yeah. it is difficult to navigate through that. But I would say that I'm in line with you in, in the sense that like we can't we can't know everything as a leader. That's impossible. No. I can't be an expert in, in all of the different curriculum and pedagogy, you know, the strategies within the classroom. But I should be at least willing and seeking that knowledge. Yeah. If, if you're an expert in something, you should be doing that something. Right. Like, that's just the reality. I, I take it from, from my standpoint on the team here as the CEO of like operations and operating team and, and managing everything is that I need to be knowledgeable of and quote unquote good at everything we do so that I know that I can effectively watch, monitor, assess, help to make sure that all the things that are happening are being done properly the best we can, whatever, even if that person does not better than me, hopefully they do. And so I think it's the same in your building. Like you need to know, like, obviously you need to know if your, your teachers using pedagogical ideas and methods that don't align with what you're supposed to be doing and don't make sense. So if they don't, if they're, if you're a standards-based a standards-based grade in school and they don't understand the basics of standards-based grading, that's a problem. If Because if you don't understand that, you can't help them. One, you can't even figure, you won't even know that they're not doing it right, right? Um, so I think there's that there's that level where you have to have it. But I think I think if you're an expert in something, then you'd be doing that, right? You need right. to know all the things, but you can't. I think you hit it, Josh. You can't be an expert in everything, no. but you can be knowledgeable about no. most things. And standards-based grading, that's a perfect example, right? Like our, our district, we're four years <laughs> in to that journey. And now our staff is finally feeling comfortable with it. And I'm feeling like more of an expert this year. Whereas year one, I was just floundering and trying to figure out what, what is this all about, right? And so I'm mm-hmm. trying to get resources. I'm listening to, you know, like our good friend Dave Schmidto and, and other experts in the field trying to gain knowledge of, okay, what is this all about? Why is it something yeah. that is a practice that we need to? So like when our teachers were having questions and they were challenging and whatnot, I was right there in that journey with them. I couldn't say I have all the answers because I didn't. It was very, very obvious. But I at least was seeking that information so I could help them along their journey as we went through it together. And I, I think you hit it right there, Josh, is there's a lot of power in going through that journey together. Because when you're out seeking knowledge and finding resources, you're going to find resources and you're going to be more excited about those resources. They're going to hit you differently. And then you're going to share them in a different way versus if you already know it, now you're not out finding all those new resources and that, that, that new unique cutting edge way of exploring and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of value in that. So chain path, don't have to worry. They know everything about everything. So they're good. They are the experts, man. That's where we go. I mean, that's where I go. (laughs) This podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network, better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbettercom slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, we're rock and rolling. So I think we should do question number four. How do you feel? Are we on four? Let's do it. Yeah. So this is from our good friend, Chris Legler. He's in the Aspire. Chris, yeah. Chris has an awesome question about leadership development. So his question is, how can school leaders measure their level of influence or impact to ensure that they are developing school leaders? Quick and easy answer is figure out how you measure is I'm not going to tell you how to measure because you have to figure out what that, what that means to you. But I think you measure your impact by the impact the people you are impacting have. There's a lot of impacts. And, and I've always believed that the measure of a great leader is how many leaders they develop. Right. And a great leader that understands that, that he or she is going to develop great people that potentially are going to leave them. And that's okay, because that means you did a really good job. Um, so I think looking at 
the leaders that you that you are leading, whether that is your if your principal and that's your system principal, or whether that's your coaches, whether that's your team leads, whether that's just teachers within a classroom that are leaders within within your building. How what is their influence? What is their level of influence amongst their peers and amongst the people that they're leading? How are they? How effective and efficient and whatever measure else is are they? Because that is a result of your leadership. And I think in order of what to measure, you need to figure out what is, what's the goal? What are the outcomes you're trying to get to? That's, that's why I can't really give you like, how do you measure that? Right. Right. Because what is, what is influence? What does that mean? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? But I think if you look at the people that you're leading and seeing their growth and their influence and their impact is how you best measure your impact. Yeah, I think this is coming from a conversation that got pretty deep in the Boxer group, which was talking about how certain leaders gravitate to that as far as wanting to build more leaders and how some districts aren't even set up to make that happen. So a lot of people are floundering trying to find experiences when they don't actually have a system in place at the campus level or at the district level to actually set them up um, to become future leaders. Hmm. It's a whole other ball game. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So like, the um, school, they're actually having to seek outside of their district to maybe find a mentor. Yeah. Which is which is always a, a. I mean, which uh, even when you have it within, that's never a bad idea mm-hmm. because it's a different viewpoint, different you know, different. There's no connection. Um. So there's there's gonna be different conversations happening. But yeah, you know, unfortunately, like you know, the world we live in, like sometimes you gotta you gotta play within the. This, the square box that you're put in and that you're, that you're dealt. Um, and so even as a leader, if you have leaders above you and they haven't put those systems in place, you can do your best to do that yep. um, and then do that. And so when it comes to measuring the, the, the influence, the impact, it, yeah, we got to do that within the box that we're able to measure it within. Right. And so it's going to be easier for some than others, and it's going to look different for all. So, and if you are one of those aspiring leaders that are on your own, you don't have to have someone above you to tell you what to do. You can still have great influence on a campus just doing your own initiatives and finding the value there, finding the impact. And I can guarantee you'll find a measure somewhere of how you're impacting those people around you. And I'm thinking probably specifically students, mm-hmm. but also other teachers and the community. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can, you can have influence without a title or without a mentor or or a leadership program that you're in. Totally agree. I know Chris is extremely passionate about this topic about, you know, developing leaders and he does a great job on his campus and his district. So yeah, that, that was a really fun conversation to have with the, the Voxer group. So I'm glad Chris brought it up here for the Aspire mailbag. All right, man, you ready for the fifth question? The fifth question. What is new with the teach better team? Oh, what is new? Wow, lots of stuff's new. Um, something new. Super exciting, and, and you know, I'm not exactly sure. I think this is going to come out right when this has been started, but our daily drop-ins are back, and that's going to be happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so, um, Jack, every morning. What? If no one has ever experienced a daily drop-in, what is that? So it's just the daily drop-in. So we're, that's us live streaming. Us as a team will be live streaming on, fa- on Facebook, on our page, and our Facebook group on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern time. That's us there for an hour. We are getting a little more structured with these drop-ins. So this started, we did it back in March 2020 when COVID hit. And we said, hey, we need to, our, our community is going to need support. So we switched and we did it that five days a week. 
uh, fall up and through June, I think. I can't remember when it, I think we ended in June. And then we did it again at the start of the year for a couple of weeks. And then we did it again in, uh, during winter break for a couple of weeks. And it's just us going live to be there for you. So if you need a, a, a break, you need a mental whatever, you need to drop in and ask some questions so we can share some things. We're going to have guests on. We're going to have a little, like I said, a little more structure than we had in the past. We're going to, we, we have some themes in, in mind. We're going to, we're, we're, we're booking a whole bunch of people to come on and join us. So several days throughout the week, they're going to have special guests on. We're going to get it into, there's going to be several, a lot of PD involved in there, right? Professional development that's going to go on, things we're going to talk about, but we're going to have some fun too. Obviously we're going to goof around. We're going to, we're going to share some fun stories, positive stories. I am on every Monday with Ray, uh, Ray and I, every Monday uh, on Mondays, we're going to be looking at like things coming up in the week. So not just do dropping a schedule, but other things going on with the team and other exciting things going on. I don't know if we've announced who's going to be joining Ray every Friday. So I don't want to even say it, but um, it's super fun guest. So that's gonna be a lot of a, a good time. And you're going to see a lot of faces from the team dropping in all the time. So uh, super excited about that. That's something that we just really enjoyed and our community has asked for a lot. And so we kind of decided that's, we need to do this. And all those episodes are then going to go up into podcasts as the audio version as well. So you can be able to listen to that on audio if you can't join us live every day as well. And of course, the videos get saved on all the channels on YouTube and stuff too. So, so that's a big one. Um, another big one um, is on August 16th, uh, Dave Schmidt, you mentioned him earlier. We talked about SBG earlier. He's running a, a four-hour-long webinar. It's like a, a standards-based grade in like boot camp with Dave. Um, and if you don't know Dave Schmidt, figure out how to spell Schmidt. You can find him anywhere. It's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U. But Dave is just brilliant when it comes to grading assessment feedback, how to use that data, how to how to really understand what standards-based grading really is and how it, the value it can really provide and then how do you actually get there. So uh, that's at teachbetter.com slash SBG summer webinar. Um, you can sign up for that. Again, starts uh, that is on August 16th. It's four hours, daily drop-ins, everything. We're at Teach Better Team on all the social media. So those are the two big ones. We're going to stick. We'll stick with those. I guess we're going to, I guess we can say it because we haven't necessarily said it to this audience, but like we're going to do the conference in 22. So that's happening, but not a whole lot of other, not a lot of other details right now. It's going to be in fall of 2022. And I've already booked my flights. I just did the whole month. Like yeah, it's just, months, just, just, just booked the whole day. Off. It's going to be in Ohio again, um, but more details will be coming um, in the next couple of months. So I can't wait, man. Yeah, I'm excited. For those who missed 2019 Teach Better conference, I mean, that was just an amazing, amazing event. By far the best conference I've ever been to. So I can't wait. You know, we talked about Dave Schmidt, and I want to shout out him too, because I got a chance to go to the Mastermind on Tuesday. And what a powerful session that was. There were so many amazing leaders in there. But for our aspiring leaders, if they're interested in getting connected somehow with other leaders, do you want to just talk through that program? Yeah. So that's uh, our our administrator mastermind. That's at teachbetter.com slash mastermind. Um, It goes on every Tuesday uh, at 9 a.m. Eastern time or and or 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can come to either one of those or both. We have great, great groups that come to both. Um, it's, it's hundred percent free. Uh, it's just the zoom link that you'll drop into. And it's just, it's just the time. It's an hour long time. You can drop in and out. People do because obviously you got stuff going on, uh, but it's time to come together to support each other, the accountability, if you need it to problem solve, you can bring, you can be vulnerable there. You can be transparent and you can let it all out. Everything, what happens in mastermind stays there. Like the conversations that go on in there 
from a you can you know ranging from very tactical strategic thought uh, plans and, and questions to the emotional the the leader you know the the mind you have to get through the emotional pieces dealing with that type of stuff um they go all over and it's just it, both groups are really really great we have a lot of people that come to both um i tend to go to both uh so teachbetter.com slash mastermind great place for for anyone who's an administrator to go to um aspiring leader is also a good place to connect although there might be something better for that in the future but yeah definitely definitely get in there man it's a it's a great group i love those masterminds yeah it was powerful if you like the aspire mailbag it's like that but on steroids with a community it's like that with but like a lot smarter people like that's <laughs> that's for sure i don't speak as much in there it's yeah hey it's just not it's you get dave schmidt instead of jeff garbus there you go yeah i just listen <laughs> well buddy as always i appreciate you and your wisdom it's always a great time to to get on here and to answer some questions with you. Appreciate you, brother.